Hey everyone, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Ben Has Podcast. It's been a while now. The last episode I did was actually Mets opening day. Uh, so it has been a while. I took a short break. Um, I was going to come back Sunday, but uh, I was feeling anxious about my uh, the upcoming Model UN elections. I was running for vice president of my high school Model UN team. I won the elections, but I was just you know feeling anxious about it. Um, and you know, like when you have something looming over you, it's hard to focus on what's going on in the present. You're so fixated on you know what's upcoming. So it was it was just hard for me to focus. But anyways, I'm back now. I've actually got two things to talk about. One good, one bad. The Knicks had a great win. The Mets are getting pummeled right now. I'm gonna focus on the Knicks. I'm actually gonna split it up. I was gonna do half and half in one episode, but I think better not to better not to mix good and bad. I'll separate it. Um, and then maybe I won't release them back to back. I'll record and then I'll release the Mets tomorrow morning. But tonight, the Knicks, who are currently on an eight game, nine game win streak, we just beat the Hawks. And apologies, you know, if I'm not so energetic, um, I'm back inside my apartment. So it's a little late. People are sleeping, but don't worry. This is just, you know, the get back episode, getting back in the zone. Um, soon I'll be back to it and I'm going to be finishing those positional rankings. That's the first thing I'm going to do. Expect a new episode uh, on Saturday, Sunday. We're going to have the music uh, in the background, everything. All right. But Knicks tonight, great win. 137-127 against the Atlanta Hawks in overtime. Now this is the Knicks' eighth win in, or ninth win in a row. To be honest, I've been wrapped up in schoolwork. I haven't been watching them so closely lately. But it's been a great run. It's been a great run, and there's a number of reasons why. Uh, and starting off is Julius Randle. Randle, for me, is a top 10, if not... You, you can make a case for top 5. You can make a case for top 5, Julius Randle, overall in the NBA right now. He's playing out of his mind. He's stringing 40-point games right and left. He's hitting threes. He's assisting the ball. And, and that's where... You know, people fail to realize that his his impact comes in. He is a great three-point shooter. You know, he's not a guy like Embiid or Jokic that can shoot the three. He's a guy that is deadly from three. If you look at his three-point percentage, he's shooting 40% from three this year. That's a huge improvement from the 27.7 he shot last year. And that's better than guys like Dame Lillard. Yeah, he has a better three-point shooting percentage than Damian Lillard. So this is a legit three-point shooter. He can pass the ball, six assists per game. I've said it before, stop sleeping on big men that can pass. You know, you watch Zion. The reason why Zion is overrated is because he fills up the stat sheet with points and rebounds. But when Zion gets the ball and he doesn't have his shot, yes, he's efficient, but when he doesn't have his shot, you know, there's nothing he can do. He just goes back on the perimeter and makes a bad pass. He makes, not a bad pass, but an inefficient pass, right? And the offense can't run through a power forward like Zion Williamson because he doesn't have the passing that Julius Randle has. He can't drive and kick the way Randle can. He is geared to score and rebound. That's all he does. Randle can score, rebound, pass, and he's deadly from the three-point line. 
big men have to go out on that three-point line and guard him. He shot six threes. He scored six threes tonight. You know, that, that's amazing for a big man. I don't know what other big man is shooting 40% from three. Um, way better than Porzingis. Uh, every, you know, everyone was mad after that first season with Randall. They said, wow, you know, we traded Porzingis. We thought we were freeing up the cap space to get Durant, and everything we were stuck with Randall. Well, maybe Randall was a blessing in disguise. You know, we're not paying him a huge contract like Durant and Kyrie. He's not old like Durant and Kyrie. He's not dramatic like Durant and Kyrie. This is a guy that we can re-sign. He can be, he's still 26 years old. You know, people don't realize how young this guy is. When Melo was with us, he was in, he was in his 30s already. So Randall, if we re-sign him, could be the face of this franchise. 26, he's, he's not even in his prime yet. I mean, he's just entering it. So Julius Randall deserves all the credit. But speaking of his three-point shooting, Reggie Bullock is another guy that you need to credit for this run. When you think of every successful team, you know, all the great teams, they always have a great three-point shooter. You know, there's always a guy that stands on the perimeter, catches and shoots, and has a great percentage, and that helps you a lot. You know, guys like Joe Harris on the Nets, Clay on the Warriors, Ray Allen on that Heat team, on that Heat team, hit the huge shot in the playoffs off the Chris Bosch rebound. You know, Kyle Korver on the Cavaliers. There's always a guy that can catch and shoot. You know, on the on the Spurs, you had guys like Ginobili for years. Just knock down, catch, and shoot. Matt Bonner, right? Bullock is turning into that guy. And the reason I didn't like Bullock early on in the season was because he was a three-point shooter who can't shoot, who couldn't shoot threes. But his percentage has been great. He knocked down five tonight. He's a clutch. He's been hitting in the clutch. That's what's so important. He made a huge one against the Pelicans to send it into OT. That was amazing. Oh, wow. I just got a text from my friends that Luis Guillorme is pitching. Wow, I'm tempted to put that on. Um, but I'm doing this podcast. You know, I'm devoted to it. So I'm going to keep this going. I'll watch that later. But And, and I'm going to get to, to the Mets the Mets bullpen. You know, speaking of Luis pitching, I'm going to talk about that in the next episode. But anyways, Reggie Bullock deserves a ton of success. Every team needs a guy like Reggie. I'm going to go next to RJ Barrett. RJ Barrett, I think I, I think I mentioned this. Maybe I didn't actually because it's been a while since I've done an episode. But ESPN, and again, we, we know how we feel on ESPN podcast here. Uh, if you want to hear more ESPN slander, check out the podcast I did with Left Aid Joe. Uh, but ESPN put out a list, top 25 players under 25. Now, of course, they only made it available to their premium members. But the list was an absolute disaster. Uh, as most lists are made by ESPN. But it was even more of a disaster than usual. R.J. Barrett was nowhere to be found. Anthony Edwards was like 18. And and that's just ridiculous. And I'm going to speak a little bit about Anthony Edwards you know, in a, in a couple minutes when I talk about Emmanuel quickly. But Barrett deserves to be on this list. Since March, he's been scoring at more than 20 points per game. He's been defending well. His three-point shooting has improved so much, you know. Whoever, whoever's, the, you know, the shooting coach for the Knicks need, needs props because in the beginning of the season, R.J. Barrett looked like he couldn't shoot at all, you know. This year, R.J. is shooting 39% from three. 39%. And this was a guy that was shooting 19% on 
early on in the season. People were saying, RJ's a bust. RJ's a bust. He can't shoot. He's a shooting guard that can't shoot. And what did I say? I said it's been 60 games. Give the man a break. He's a 19-year-old rookie. And I was right. I was right because he's shooting electrically from three-point. He's swishing the ball. And it's been amazing to watch him progress. And yes, the Knicks aren't a scoring team, but you need RJ on this team. Take RJ out of the lineup, and we're a bottom we're a bottom team. In terms of scoring, at least. We are definitely arguably the the worst team in terms of scoring if you take RJ off this team. Because Randall can't do it all by himself. You know? As much as good as Randall has been, when you're that dominant all by yourself. You're going to get doubled and triple teams. And it's just a recipe for frustration. RJ takes some of that pressure away from Randall. He has that ISO scoring ability. He has that three-point shooting ability. And give RJ some time. Again, remember, it's his like it's like he's played one and a half seasons, basically. You know, We're almost done with this one, but it's not a full season. And he didn't play a full season last year. So he's only 20 years old. This guy, by the time he gets to 24... You know, you see how much a guy like Tatum has developed. Yeah, we, we got someone special in RJ. Definitely better than Anthony Edwards. Um, now, going on to young players. Emmanuel quickly. He hasn't been as electric as he was in January, December. You know, I would say that that was sort of the peak of quickly. But the guy was drafted in the late first round. You can't have such lofty expectations. But quickly is a rookie that is contributing to this team. Now, when it comes to rookies, it's important to differentiate between rookies that are playing um you know that are that are playing above expectations and rookies that are actually contributing. Because a lot of times, you know, when you look at the rookie ladder or the rookie of the year rankings, the rookies ranked high are often ones that are putting up good stats but aren't contributing. And that's exactly what Anthony Edwards is doing. Anthony Edwards on the Timberwolves, you know, the Timberwolves aren't going anywhere. They're tanking. They know that. Anthony Edwards is getting tons of minutes tonight. He's starting. They're basically just putting him on, on the court. They're saying, shoot whatever shot you want. Do whatever you want. And if he puts up 17 points tonight on 35% shooting, they're fine with that. Anthony Edwards is a top five least efficient scorer in the league. So he is not contributing in any way to the success of the team. But they're fine with that because Anthony Edwards is a young rookie, right? Emmanuel quickly, he doesn't have a stats of a guy like Anthony Edwards, but he is contributing. And that's where you draw the line. Emmanuel quickly makes this team better. Derrick Rose fouled out tonight. Alfred Payton on the bench as he should be. Emmanuel quickly stepped it up. He had a clutch three in overtime. He can handle the ball. He works well with Randall. He doesn't hog it. Sometimes with a guy like Randall, you just have to let him cook. You just have to let him cook, man. And, and that's what RJ does. Uh, sorry, that's what, that's what Cook quickly does. You know, he doesn't, he doesn't hog the ball. That's important quality in a point guard. You can't hog the ball. Um, so, you know, Quickly's been, been a big contributor. Uh, then another guy, Nerland's Noel. Nerland's Noel has been huge. He has been huge. You can't emphasize enough how important Nerland's Noel has been for this team. He is the backbone of our defense. He is the backbone of our defense. That's exactly what he is. And I know that this game was high scoring. Yes, it was 137-127. It was uncharacteristic. But Nerlens Noel has been 
amazing on the defensive end. We've been shutting teams down on the, on the offense. That's how we've been winning. We shut teams down. And Nerlens Noel does that. You know, people forget this is a guy that was supposed to get four years, 72. 72 million dollars from the Thunder. Unfortunately, he got injured. He didn't get his bag. But this is a great defender, you know. He's the backbone of our defense. He's the guy that when players enter the paint, he's there to block the shot. You know, he's there to get your, his hands up. You need, you need a force on the interior, all right? When you're facing point guards like Trey Young, you know, Trey Young, we know all he does is flop. But when you're facing point guards that can penetrate, you need a solid guy down low in the middle that can get his hands raised and, and deflect shots and make it hard to, to, you know, get interior layups. And that's exactly what Nerlens Noel does. Um, and I've said this before. I got a lot of slack for this. When I said this in a group chat with my friends, I would take a healthy Nerlens Noel over Andre Drummond any day of the week. All right, Andre Drummond is the definition of empty stats. Yes, he gets rebounds. Yes, he gets points. But when was the last time Andre Drummond played meaningful minutes? And what I mean by that is, when did Andre Drummond play for something? He's always been on bad teams, and that's because Andre Drummond. You know, he, he's, he's a good rebounder, but he doesn't contribute. You know, he gets points that somebody else would get if he wasn't there. He doesn't bring anything to the defensive end that Nerlens Noel does. And Nerlens Noel can anchor your defense. You take Nerlens Noel off this team, and the defense, you know, even with Thibs, even with Tibbs, defense goes to, you know, a mediocre defense. That's what Nerlens Noel brings. So he's, he's had a huge impact. Um... And, you know, he's one of the pieces that makes this team go. Nearing the 15-minute mark, another person I want to mention, you know, obviously Derek Rose has been a veteran presence. I think he's good for quickly. He brings us scoring. I think we've yet to see how impactful Derek Rose is. He did, he did play a big role against the Pelicans, but I think come playoff time, we're really going to see Derek Rose unleash. Remember, he's a veteran. He's had his injury troubles, so I don't blame uh, Thibodeau for monitoring him a bit. Not always playing him because you want to save a guy like that for the playoffs. I think, I think you know, we're going to need him in the playoffs. But another guy I want to shout out quickly, Theo Pinson. All right, now if you're a casual Knicks fan, you may not know who Theo Pinson is. But he doesn't play. He's a bench warmer. But on the bench, he is absolutely electric. You know, Theo Pinson is the type of player that every team needs. You know, every team needs a guy like Theo Pinson. He's electric on the bench. He's the best hype man you could ask for. He's always happy for his teammates. Anytime, you know, you see a flashy play or a big shot, Theo Pinson is up on his feet. He's clapping. He's cheering. He brings energy off the bench, and that's what you need. You know, he, he is like gel that holds these teammates together. You know, you always see him in videos. He's hyping up Julius Randle. You take a guy like Theo Pinson and out of the team and the locker room goes dead. You need a guy like that in the locker room. I'm so happy we have him on our team. I actually saw him in the street once. He was walking this little white dog. Um, so shout out Theo Pinson, man. His contribution, you know, doesn't go unnoticed. And I, I hope we keep him on the team. You know, you're, you're always going to have some bench warmers on the team. I think that Theo Pinson has an impact that goes beyond. I mean, it's clear he has an impact that goes beyond just basketball. But... I, I think that some, some people might not 
understand how much of an impact it really is. Theo Pinson brings a lot to this team. Anyways, that's it. Um, after this Mets game ends, I'm going to do a back-to-back, uh, a more negative episode about Luis Rojas and the Mets and some of the frustrations uh, early on in the season. But hope you enjoyed this episode. Again, I know it wasn't as enthusiastic as I'd like it to be, but I'm a bit tired this week. I've had a lot of work to do. Um, on During the weekend, uh, some good episodes coming, some ranking episodes. Uh, so yeah, thank you.